Welcome to the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast, the show focused on the strategic disruption of the status quo in technical organizations, communities, and events. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Hashtag Call to Scene podcast. Um, today's guest is Ben Halprin. Ben, would you please introduce yourself um, to the audience? Yes. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ben. Uh, I live in New York, and I'm from Canada originally. I... Um, probably best well known on the podcast as the creator of uh, Dev Community at, at uh, Dev.to and the Practical Dev on Twitter, and we've been building a programming community that we felt like the the world needed, um, and we've been building it for uh, the past few years, and it's been it's been growing and taking off, and we've been facing new challenges and having to to you know decide how we want to do this thing and. Um, yeah, that, that's been my uh, my work for the past few years. All right. We, I'm going to start as we always start. Could you please tell us why is it important to cause a scene and how are you causing yeah, a scene? Yeah, well, I, I think it's important to cause a scene, uh, you know, as, you know, from, from my perspective, uh, as having uh, the opportunity to to cause a scene, to have an impact and to, um, you know, make my time useful for the world uh, and to really sort of stand for things. Um, I think if, if, uh, if you, you know, have values and are willing to stand behind them, um, it, it helps you sort of, it forces you to follow through a little bit. It forces you to, uh, to uh, have a, have a positive impact. I think if you're, um, if you're trying to sort of, uh, you know, go under the radar too much or, or not ruffle any feathers you're you're gonna just find yourself without a personal identity without a uh a, a sense of, of a vision and if you start an organization like that you're gonna um you're just gonna you run into the same sort of uh situations as we've we've had with so many tech organizations which are, are afraid to to make um make the right choices, make positive changes, and generally sort of look out for, for, um, for folks that uh, don't face the same challenges as them. And, uh, and I, I think we reflect that with, with the work we're doing at Dev. Um, I think it, it comes up as, uh, as an option for folks who want to feel like there's a true community for everyone uh, in software. And, um, and I feel like we've, uh, always put ourselves out there in terms of our values and also tried to actually back those up and, and to really care um, and to really differentiate ourselves from other platforms which have either you know been very slow to adopt you know um, the right kind of ethics that we need today in terms of tech and inclusion or have you know paid lip service or have spoken in platitudes and uh, I think we uh, uh, this wouldn't have been a project if, in the first place, if we didn't care about actually um, doing things the right way as we see them, and uh, and always putting these sort of values ahead of growth. Um, you know, growth is important for any any project, organization, business, whatever. But um, from from the get go, we we always thought of uh, you know projecting the right values and having a real impact as 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 a lot more important. 
Okay, so you and I met, if I'm correct, um, at um, the first yep, at Codeland, Code yep. movie conference. Yep. Codeland. Okay, so, and that was when I was doing my old podcast, the um, Community Engineer Report. Mm-hmm. My God, that seems such a long time ago. Um, because when I um, reached out to you, you reminded me that I invited you <laughs> to come on that podcast. And I could totally, I'm a person who I'm in the moment. So I totally forgot oh, yeah, yeah. about all of that. And 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 um, I was like, yeah. And it was interesting that you came up because I'm going to read you the tweet that um, for the audience of how you came on my radar again. So I, I did a um, tweet. It was a poll on the 4th of September that says, if you're a member of a marginalized group in tech, and I put, um, I tried to identify that, underrepresented gender, person of color, person with a disability, um, LGBTQ, and then I remember in that I should have put um, a BIPOC, so Blacks, Indigenous, People of Color. I remember that, but I don't think I had enough um, characters. That's why I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> and then I said, um, have you personally experienced an increase in safety and community using Stack Overflow? And so it was a 24-hour, um, a 24-hour poll. Um, it had 120 retweets, several comments, and you can call it scientific or you can't, you can call it whatever you want to, but based on the people who, the 309 people who responded, 24% say yes and 76% said no, which means 70% of those people in those marginalized groups of underrepresented genders, people of blacks, blacks, indigenous people of color, people with disabilities, LGBTQA+, do not, have not had a personal experience of increased, and I'm very specific about how I worded that, of increased safety and community using Stack Overflow. And I can say that several of the people who did comment, they have so abandoned it that they just, they have no, they couldn't say because they don't use it. They just have totally abandoned it. And you came up on, your platform came up on the radar because it was as, as yeah. suggested twice as a um, as an alternative. And I, and okay, so people think I'm just vengeful. Um, someone recently called me a racist, hateful ass. Um, um, people think I do this because it's something I really enjoy doing it. Um, it's not. I do this because I recognize when I came into this field that there was there was a sorely lacking perspective that wasn't about development. Um, there's sorely lacking perspective about not just just development, but just one perspective of development, which is usually white males aged 18 to 34, which is the um, the yeah, the ground for Stack Overflow. Um, that's who their main um, people who actively engage um, on that. And so as, as I stepped back, because I started talking, I started in this space talking about mentoring, but I saw so many things that were connected to it. And then I started getting into the Stack Overflow space and reading their um, the, the, the results of their surveys. And in 2018, I was just over it. Um, and in 2019, they, I commended them for doing a better job of um, their survey, um, the questions they asked, and then explaining the, 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 the people who were left out. The people who did, I mean, instead of just making it as if this is the totality of the global developer community, how they've done it before or how they positioned it before, they were very clear about this is specifically to the people who 
are um, on our platform. And I'm saying this because, and, I'm, and it goes back to people who think I do this just for funsies. I'm saying this because people are being harmed. Um, and it may not be physical harm that they're experiencing on these platforms. It is psychological and emotional harm. And it's having a direct impact on the people who are needed in this field to help us create products and services that that not only scale, and as you said, growth, but minimize harm to our clients and customers who look like those very people who need to be in this, mm-hmm. in this community. And so I just woke up. So there was really no method behind the madness. I just woke up and was like, hmm, I haven't heard anything specifically from Stack Overflow um, since the, since the um, survey came out, since I did an um, interview with the data scientists who created the survey, since I did an interview with the community manager, and I know that they're looking for a CEO. So I was like, oh, this is a great time to tap in because what I really want the Stack Overflow folks, folks to understand is that if you are looking for a CEO um, the way you, and I know Stack Overflow is a venture um, VC-backed company. If you're looking for a CEO um, the way most people in tech looking for a CEO, you're already failing. You're already a massive fail. And I wanted to, provide at least some data that shows that those very communities that you say you're reaching out to still overwhelmingly do not feel safe. And so I was very encouraged because again, you were off my radar. You've been off my radar for a few years. And I think you were, you were, I don't know if you were starting the project then, or it was just that I don't, I don't don't remember it being, yeah, exactly. I don't remember it being that rooted because I'm thinking, how the hell did I miss this? <laughs> um, and so to see the two people that I really care about actually pro- and trust their um, opinions provided your link. And then I was going through it. I'm like, why does this sound familiar? And then I go to the leaders. I'm like, oh, that's why. And so um, this is not about bashing Stack Overflow. Stack Overflow is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I want to provide a platform and to amplify projects that are being and uh, uh, making valiant real efforts at being inclusive. Um, because so many times I come across, yeah, it's a problem. We don't know how to fix it. So I want you, so, so, so things that I pulled out from your introduction that you said, um, like the follow through a little bit, I'm really sick of white man in tech following through just a little bit. I really am so sick of them not leveraging all the power and influence they have for anything other than if it gets them um, something. When, and, and, and the fear, I, I don't know, maybe you can speak to this or maybe somebody else who's actually feeling the fear. I hear so often about this fear that white dudes have. And then in the next breath, I hear, but I did this thing that I thought was going to, and, and I know that if someone of color or someone from the LGBTQ community had done this, they wouldn't have gotten past, but I didn't even get a slap on the wrist. I'm like, okay, great. Then do the next thing. Keep doing that because you don't realize how much latitude you have. And I like this thing, this thing you make, it's like, if you don't, if you're not causing a scene and about that, not having a personal identity. And we see that, and you mentioned that in, in organizations and that we see um, people are too afraid to stand up for what they believe or, or, or the things that they should be doing right. Um, and then I want you to talk about specifically, um, I need you to be honest about some specifics about the challenges you're facing 
as you're attempting to build an inclusive platform. Because for some reason, there's this idea that, oh, I tried it this one time. It did not work. I give up. So I gave you a lot. (laughs) Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to get into all of that. And hopefully I don't like remind me if I forget anything. Um, But I'll I'll start with one thing. Um, You know, I think uh, just to to start with some Stack Overflow stuff and then we can move on a little bit. Um, You know, one thing we're doing is, is trying to maintain a relationship with them and help Stack Overflow get better um, in a few ways. I, I think one big way is by uh, putting pressure on them. I think like they uh, they feel it when they are told they're not doing a good job and people compare it to us. I think that's like more powerful than just the abstract idea of like, um, of I think that's been felt more by them where, where, where they don't feel like it's impossible. They feel like they actually need to get better because um, other folks are, are, are taking this challenge on a lot more personally. And I'm glad, I want to stop yeah. you right there because I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I forgot to say. And that's the thing I'm looking for the fact that they have, and it's not just them. It's about being in a, a being, having competitors in a business market. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that speaks volumes. Exactly, the abstract is like, oh, that's great. We don't know how to do it. But as soon as there's somebody nipping at your heels, you try to find, you all of a sudden can figure out ways to make things happen. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that point up. Yeah, and we've just we also like we're competitors in a way in that if they don't get better, we're gonna keep bringing in more and more new developers, more folks from around the world who don't feel safe. You know, like if they don't get better, they're gonna. Um, you know, they could possibly just fade away. But then also, um, we we feel like there's a lot of stuff, like we don't have the exact same product as Stack Overflow. It's, it's, it's a different concept. So we feel like if we can, um, if we can help them, it brings more people into tech and helps them keep around. So, so we feel like we have a really good uh, reason to, to be collaborative with them. They're also based in New York. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. They're based That's in amazing. New York. Yeah. So like, I, uh, <laughs> I, I've met with a bunch of them, like we don't, we just, uh, yeah, we say like we're available all the time. We have done some stuff um, more with them lately, and we'll do more in the future. And and not in it just because like yeah, of course we're gonna we're gonna help you do this. And if you're not, if you're saying that like this is impossible because you have this like existing like stuff, you know, we're gonna like be hard on on you and 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 expect better. Um, and I think we just have a good relationship with them uh, lately because I think. They, they have some new folks running the community platform these days, different than the old ones. Um, they're, I don't think, I think they've hired a CEO, but haven't announced it yet. That's my belief, but I might be wrong about that. Um, and they've been, you know, saying and trying um, things, you know, lately. Um, but uh, so I won't give them too much credit until they really change. But I th- like, and that's my and that's yeah. I'm glad you said it because it's, it's it's not that I have it out for Stack Overflow. I want them to succeed because there's so many people who rely on the content on that. It's my thing is let's be realistic and honest about the limitations, where it's exclusionary and where it's harmful, and let's work on that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm speaking from a perspective of someone who uh, created a Stack Overflow account years ago and uh, eventually stopped using it because I felt like it was uh, like people were jerks to me and I didn't need that in my life um, and <laughs> I, I, I whenever I've dealt with that and I think I've just been like I come from a fairly like non-traditional programming background but I've always felt like 
uh, I've been able to have this concept that if I feel this way and I can, as like a, you know, white man of average height in America, like I, I have a special power of just being able to blend in if I feel like it. Um, like if yeah, I want, say, you, you, look, you look like a plain old white dude to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. With a beer. Yeah. With a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I can blend in with any like uh, software group. Um, and if I feel like I don't really belong, it's all in my head. Um, it, nobody's like expecting me to not belong, which is a different situation. Um, but I, so I, like you so I've I've always felt like if I feel this, uh, let me project this onto someone who um, can't blend in, you know, mm-hmm. because they're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're minoritized completely. It, like and and that's not going to change in our entire lifetimes in, in, in general, you know, like um, that's if that's getting better, it's at the slowest pace possible. And there's lots of, <laughs> um, there's lots of, uh, you, you know, there's, so, so I, I, I'm in the privileged position to, um, have, I don't know, maybe a little bit more self-awareness, a little bit better, uh, um, just like having faced these things, I think like, uh, gradually, uh, shed some of my, um, white fragility uh over time uh, on just facing some of this head on um and so try to take that perspective and like feel like if i'm feeling this way because i'm just being a little sensitive someone else who is um in a position to just be uh excluded or felt unsafe or or anything that's a lot more real um just like put that onto the situation. So that's kind of the mechanic I do. So it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I had a conversation with my um, podcast um, producer today and we were, and I had to actually write this down because it was something that I said that I was like, Oh my God, I got to write this down. Um, It was, and you just spoke to it. It was like, it said discomfort has an opt out, but pain does not. And that is the, is, is the, the privileged individual whether there are certain situations that I'm privileged in. And if I get uncomfortable, I get to opt out. That discomfort is, dealing with discomfort is a choice. Dealing with pain for most people is not a choice. You're going to deal with the pain. And, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it speaks to why I am really, it's really rubbing me the wrong way. A lot of these conversations I'm hearing recently about empathy and compassion and because it requires someone, as you just said, to have self-awareness. That takes time. Mm-hmm. And so while we're talking, we're pushing empathy and, 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 um, and compassion, and these are great things. What are the people who are in these marginalized communities are supposed to do while we wait for all these people to gain the self-awareness and the skills to be empathetic and compassionate? Because as you just said, it's moving at the slowest pace ever. Um, so eat, while you're and people are using that as a, an excuse to cause harm, but I didn't, I'm, you know, I'm being, yeah. infant, I'm trying to do this thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to continue to cause harm while you develop yourself <laughs> to other people. Um, yeah. And, and I think like the, the, um, the, if we're going to be creating this technology with such a massive capacity to cause harm, um, and also a capacity to cause great empathy in a lot of situations, um, we should be uh, taking explicit steps to um, 
not require like all of a sudden humanity to have perfect empathy um, for people that generally like feel pretty safe on the platform. <laughs> um, and, and at least, at least uh, looked after with, um, you know, uh, an obvious sense that the platform cares about their needs um, without it just being like a, uh, they happen to care for their needs, maybe if it's just how the platform works. But um, the, I, I felt like, I felt like our community and I could get into like the product details and stuff, but I think like our, I created this thinking that like the, the more we cared for people and made them feel safe, the better it would be period in every way. Um, and we didn't, and, and it was an opportunity to like grow because we could, wear our values on our sleeves, demonstrate that we are taking these things seriously and, um, and also demonstrate that we're, uh, you know, taking on engineering challenges that back up what we want to happen. Um, and, and that's like complicated because we, we don't want to, uh, police everything everyone says. Um, but we don't want people to feel harmed. Um, and I think other platforms have created this false dichotomy where you can only you can only create uh, a positive atmosphere where people feel you know safe enough on the internet um, if you uh, put bring the hammer down and make you know like or 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 it's just like impossible to do on the open web and it's it can only happen in enclosed spaces with a limited amount of people and all of these things are just like um they're uh important to realize that we can't all like we can't create the perfect space for for everyone it's it's impossible and if we felt like that was our mission to to be perfect in in every way um we would probably be lying to ourselves and then ultimately not be improving so so uh so by genuinely um caring deeply about this problem uh, while also caring about the um, the general usefulness of our platform, the productivity, like like people don't use Stack Overflow because they just love going to Stack Overflow that much. They use it because it's a critical part of their jobs as programmers. Um, it solve it, it, they go there to solve problems. <laughs> yeah, and, and and community is a is a factor in that. And the fact that the fact that it's useful as a problem solver for so many people while only a subset of, of people feel like it's a true community and, and everyone else feels excluded is obviously uh, not the way to go. Um, and community is so obviously part of how we do our jobs here. It's like, you can't, um, you can't completely abstain from being part of the greater software community while still being in the industry. It's just like, our, our, it just isn't how things work. Everyone in the hashtag call the scene community shares the same common beliefs based on a set of four specific guiding principles. One, tech is not neutral, nor is it apolitical. Two, intention without strategy is chaos. Three, lack of inclusion is a risk and increasingly a crisis management issue. And lastly, but most importantly, four, we must prioritize the most vulnerable. To find out more about the guiding principles and adding them to your Twitter profile banner, please visit hashtag causeascene.com. Really?
abstain from being part of the greater software community while still being in the industry. It's just like, our, our, it just isn't how things work because um, of just unique things about how like we, uh, we all use the same tools. The tools get built by sort of some pseudo collaboration with a few leaders here and there. Um, they, they, ought, they reflect the like personal intentions and biases of the people who use them. So if we, if people like, you know, safely abstain from community, things just get worse because they, uh, they're not part of the discussion. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, like, so we wanted a space where this was reflected. I mean, I think early on in the web um, or just programming in general, I remember there's these really fascinating um, like debates and back and forths between, you know, the builders of the web, like who, you know, um, Mark Andreessen and Tim Berners-Lee um, and, you know, in every capacity, no one cared about being inclusive at that stage. And uh, there were some really interesting conversations that happened. But um, since then, software has become so mainstream that to exclude people from the conversation is to, like, put them in danger in, in, in you know, like, literally or uh, figuratively in different contexts. And... Um, and it just needed to evolve like crazy and the world needed new things. And, uh, you know, by and large, the Mecca for where these things happen are Silicon Valley and Seattle and like the sort of tech hubs. And, uh, there's a total echo chamber in those environments, like no matter who you are and the, um, there, there's just, um, there, there's this need to, uh, create new things and um, an opportunity to do so uh, with uh, an inclusive mindset and um, and with genuine attention to the problems that people are facing and not like some um, some vague mission about making the world better uh, without <laughs> without uh, um, yeah like w without like acknowledging that like like yeah so <laughs> who gets it he gets to define what the world's better looks like what yeah, does that yeah. mean yeah uh, that's um <laughs> i just laughed at it because that's that is like this uh, tech leaders have this false and we've been spreading it for so long about you know we're here to save the world we're here to democratize this and we're here to do that and we've seen that these platforms are actually um um are are threatening democracy and and then it becomes who gets to decide um just like you were talking about these echo chambers in silicon valley why is the u.s the de facto for what is i mean excuse me the default for what yeah technology does you know there's so many and it's like we're leaving so many people out of the conversation and i get that in the beginning Oh my God, I sound like something out of the Bible. In the beginning, <laughs> there were the people who created the internet and they had no, they had no, they had not thought about inclusion and diversity. But then on the third day, um, um, but as, but as we, I mean, that makes sense. You know, they were, they were scientists, they were researchers, they were creating these things, they were in government, they were, they were solving their own problems about how to communicate. Um, and, and yet once you put this out in the public space, we should have expected it to change and we should have embraced the change. And that has been totally counter to what we've done. We totally, we, there, we put it out there. And this is one of the problems I had with Stack Overflow when I would 
first start engaging with them and then you, you s- speak to their users, the people who are actively using it. Um, well, this is not how it was designed. Okay, that, that's great. That was years ago. This is how it's being used and you need to keep up with how it's being used because now how you intended for it to work and how you it's being used is doesn't matter. You're still yeah. you're causing, there's a risk management issue because you haven't even thought of how it's being used now. Yeah, I, 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 I get sort of blown away sometimes when technologists um, who claim to have uh, a, a mindset towards security and, and um, you know, scalability and, and really everything like you need, like just like nobody's going to walk around bragging about how they build less secure platforms and, and stuff like this. But a lot of those same people are incredibly naive about, uh, about pr- like about human behavior and how um, chaotic. Okay. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. I'm going to stop you. Yeah. It's not naive. It's ignorant. Yeah. Yeah. Ignorant. Because, yeah. Just because, like, because you've been able to, because all it takes is for you to know how to do something and you decide to create it. There's really no vetting in, in these things. And so you think of it from a, your perspective. Many of these individuals that I talk to don't even think about the human. I mean, hell, we're so trying to move towards extrapolating out the human in everything at this point, um, as if the human is the bug, <laughs> um, is the problem. So uh, that's why I challenge you that because it's not I, when you say naive, it gives the benefit of the doubt. It's yeah, ignorance yeah. because you don't have the perspective to know that there are other things that the thing that you intended could have. I could intend I could throw a ball. If that ball hits my neighbor's window, it doesn't matter what I intended. There was an outcome. Yeah. And I have to deal with that outcome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, ignorance is like the perfect word for almost all of this. And uh uh, I don't know. And when I say yeah. ignorant, I want to be clear that I'm using a dictionary term which means not to know. Yeah. I'm not calling anybody stupid. It's just ignorant. Yeah, yeah. I call people ignorant all the time, actually, like <laughs> in the dictionary term. I think I think it sort of rubs people the wrong way. But, you know, if somebody if somebody is speaking out of out of ignorance, there's a lack of knowing that they're even ignorant, because usually if you yes. <laughs> if you if you can acknowledge your own ignorance, you um You've got a real chance. Um, usually, you're 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 blindly ignorant. Um, there's this uh, there's this quote in um, the opening scene of uh, of the um, the Big Short, which is the movie about the U.S. financial crisis, and it's a Mark Twain quote. And I think it's it says, um, "It's not the things that you don't know that get you in trouble. It's the things that you know for sure that just aren't right." <laughs> So like, if you know for sure that you're building like this meritocracy or this like democratization or like whatever, um, it's your, and you know for sure that you're doing the right thing, but you're actually not doing the right thing. You're, you're worse off than if you um, just don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Oh my, and we see that all the time because people dig their heels in, they double down and they just don't, don't get it. And it's just like, and, and people are on Twitter, Twitter like, I cannot believe this. I'm like, why are you surprised? Why, why are you surprised that they are, they yeah. have, they've doubled down on the double down. It's just like, there is nothing until they feel that pain personally that will change their minds. Yeah. And you could argue that, um, 
Uber didn't fire Travis Kalanick until it hurt them in their pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, the like he was the same person the whole time. Um, and you know, uh, I was just I'm just in the middle of reading that book, which kind of tells this tale. There's like a good good Uber Uber book that just came out. Um, and, and it really yeah, like they everyone put up with it until uh, until all the negative PR started affecting. Mm-hmm. And so that was pain. Exactly. And the same thing with the, I think about the, um, the, um, Linux when, um, they, because a story was coming out. So then they uh, quickly adopted a code of conduct, which made that situation even worse. And, um, but from, I don't know the guy who was, but from what I hear, he was an ass the whole time he was there. Oh yeah. He's, he's famous, (laughs) uh, famous for, for being an (laughs) asshole. And like, um, um, and just, yeah, it was a problem for the whole thing. And and he's like a different kind of asshole than a Travis Kalanick um, in that he, he wasn't necessarily a greedy asshole. It was more of a personality thing than a broader like, you know, but so it, there's different like levels to which to degrees to which you might ex- accept someone's change depending on how what type of asshole they've been, you know, like are they are they should they be allowed back ever or not, you know, but. Um, and it's so funny that you brought, that you had mentioned that because this is where, this is where marginalized groups, particularly people of color get pissed because we're never given that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. We're never, no one's sitting back and evaluating the level of assholery we are. No one is saying, oh, they just made a mistake. What's the value of them coming back? It is. We're on 24 hours a day. We, any work we do represents the whole freaking um, um, culture. And any op- opportunities to that, any mistakes that we made are, uh, can be fatal. Yeah. Um, and this is, and, and I'm happy you brought that up because this is the parts of the conversation I don't want to miss because people continue to think that everybody's having the same experience and we are not. We are fundamentally not having the same experience. Um, yeah, I mean, when I was, when I was younger, uh, my family was pretty poor and we had a, uh, you know, like a lot of problems and stuff. Um, but I I think it was like the, uh, you know, the, um, some of the, like the Eric Garner, um, incident and, and, you know, uh, just the the spate of a very public, um, police brutality and, and things that really made me, um, it just gave me this like one sense of clarity that like uh, the only like like I have I'm one of five kids, single parent, um, and my like I have some brothers who are always getting in trouble, getting arrested, like shit like that, and um, and I never like worried for their safety in those situations. I always felt like they were like it. it that was never even like, didn't even cross my mind that they would get hurt or killed that by their the behavior. Police. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That their behavior, their criminal behavior would cause them to be harmed. Yeah. Or, and, or yeah. yeah. And they, they, all their harm was pretty self-inflicted. Like if they were getting in trouble or something and like ultimately everyone turned out okay because they were just treated fairly as they should by the law in those situations. They grew up like they, every, like it, it was a pretty normal outcome. Um, or just like, and then, but then also, uh, I, uh, I have, f- there's four, four kids from my high school, uh, who've been shot and killed since I graduated and they're all black. 
Um, and they're all like exactly like my brothers and sisters and they're like, I don't know, just when they were younger getting into trouble and, you know, stuff. And, uh, it's, um, the difference in, in outcomes. Um, we were all like about as poor as one another. And, uh, and the outcomes were just different, uh, very little benefit of the doubt, um, given to, you know, the black kids, uh, in these situations. Um, and so, yeah. Like, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop you cause I want to talk about the elephant in the room that no one in this industry wants to freaking talk about. Um, so you said that your brother and brothers were fairly treated fair. And this is why I don't like using this term fair is defined by the people in power. So what you consider fair being fairly treated to my community would not be seen as fairly treated because it's not evenly. It's yeah. not um, something that, uh, that we, uh, that we, that we rare, something we rarely see. And so this is the conversation we need to have in tech. And this is why I'm so happy to be now having these conversations about being, if you're not being actively anti-racist, you're a part of the problem because how what white people define as fair never fits anybody but white people. (laughs) And that is, and the fact that you could see that you came from the same economics and had gravely different outcomes um, is not about the fact that your brothers and, and whoever were treated fairly. They were white and they were a part of the system of white supremacy yeah. and the, and the blacks young people weren't. Um, I, they don't, the, and, and then these black young men um, don't, and this is the thing that get, so your brothers, you can you have admitted were actively engaged in criminal behavior. We don't even have to be doing that to get shot and killed. Yeah. Yeah. And that it, this is the conversation that I just need us to just get real about in tech because nothing we do is ever going to change and prove until we can reckon with the fact that we are building tech like education, medical system, like finance that is rooted in white supremacy. And it's not about individuals causing harm. It is about the systems we've all used um, and been taught to rely on. I created a video that, this morning because uh, I'm learning from, um, so I'm doing the podcast, how to, be, uh, how to Be Anti-Racist by Dr. Ibram Kendi. And um, I'm doing it on a Sunday. So I'm reading ahead and doing the, 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 the podcast. And so I'm thinking, so I was thinking this morning and because an article came out about black girls being, um, being, kicked out of schools and I've heard this time and time again I was a teacher and I know this but for some reason it just hit me this morning I created a video of me apologizing as an educator because I participated in harming black girls who the system of white supremacy already adultifies they see them as adults at five years old our little black beautiful children cannot be children at five they are considered adults and treated as, a, as it's, it's much older than they are. And in my effort and in a lot of black educators' efforts to protect them or get them prepared, ready for the real world, and for me, that's tech. We, instead of anti, um, we, uh, we help them, we try to help them assimilate, <laughs> which is a problem. Um, instead of, which says, 
you, there's something wrong with you, but I can train that out of you. Whereas an anti-racist perspective says there's absolutely nothing wrong with you as a beautiful child that you are. It's the system that's causing these things. And until we deal with the systems, and this is why I hit so hard on Stack Overflow and I hit so hard on these, because it's the systems. Stack Overflow, you cannot tell me because of the people who are on that platform that even the, the, the code that people who don't feel safe enough go in and copy and paste and put in their programs is not biased. All stuff is biased, but it's inherently biased because there are not enough eyes looking at the code and the answers and solutions on there to challenge what could be harmful to marginalized individuals. And so it may seem like I went on a tangent, but I need people to see the steps to this because these things, we need to stop seeing them in silos and start seeing them as the systems. We will not fix this. We will not, I, I don't even say fix this. We just need to change it until we're honest about the fact that white people, I mean, I created a video, white men in tech ain't shit. And so many people, I guess, got pissed off that they, my periscope went down. And then when it came back up, that video was gone. I now, you have now proven to me that I can say anything I want to say. And as long as I'm not talking about white men. And the only reason I said that they weren't shit in this video, I uh, thankfully I had already saved it, is because of this, what I said before. There's so much privilege you have and you're not using it and it's harming other people. Stop being scared and use your privilege. That's what the video was about. But because of the title and because people are so offended that video of all the, I said, I have created some videos and said some shit, but the fact that I called out white men, that video was taken down and they never got back. They never told, explained to me. They never did anything. They took my, my per, complete periscope down. And when it came back 48 hours later, no, it was more than 48. It was like four days later, that video was gone. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and to the extent, like the, the kind of content that um, goes, on on Periscope, um, the 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 fear with which you need to be acting under in order to like consider that uh, necessary for takedown in the context of like what gets left up on Periscope. Um, it, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I, I'm sure. Like I, I'm sure in some contexts, there's like uh, you know certain situations where you know certain platforms need to take down certain behavior material and stuff but that seems completely um out of uh the, yeah that's uh periscope is incredibly liberal with what they allow onto the platform and have um and i'm sure there's nothing in their uh you know terms that would indicate that you can't kind of go on the rant you went oh, on. Oh, no, I did, yeah. I, did, I did another video afterwards when it came back up because they sent me a little email and said I violated one of the things and the name of that video, was, and they didn't take this down, was fuck Periscope and fuck um, Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I um, went through their terms of service because they told me to look at that and I broke none of those law, none of those rules. Nothing about that video broke any of their rules. It was just the fact that I challenged white men. And I was, and I said specifically in tech, I said white men in tech. Um, and so yeah. this is until we, until we can have these conversations without people fearing losing their voice, we're not going to change because if I have to, if I have to monitor what I say, 
when I, there's the elephant in the room and no one else is talking about it. If I can't talk about that, nothing changes. And so now it's a, we're back to this whole comfort thing. And, and, and at some point, it's going to be, be less about your comfort and more about your pain. Because it's coming. It's um, coming. Yeah, I mean, and to 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 kind of circle back to the to the point about leaving, um, uh, yeah, like young black women behind, um, uh, you know, structurally, um, and, and really just everything just piles on top from the early the early stuff. Um, you know, I think that's reflected in in every stage of the the programming interview uh the evaluation of talent um everything like i mean if you look at like what does it take to be given the benefit of the doubt in an interview context i think that's a lot of the times like do you fit this like genuine general like mold of what i expect someone who like will eventually pick this stuff up fits into um and, and some of that's you know like incredibly it's just like how <laughs> Like our idea of like what a successful um, worker is um, is really just pattern matching against a construct that society created uh, decades ago or <laughs> hundreds of years ago or or whatever, um, and then just gets projected forward. But like the the idea of like who's more likely to fit in or be capable of doing this work is is a is a is a complete social construct um and uh you know we don't have like nobody has the capacity to um see like be totally clairvoyant even if they have like um the even if they recognize some of these things so no nobody can be perfect here but like the 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 ignorance towards recognizing that like you are actively just trying to pattern match against your idea of what a successful computer programmer is supposed to be um, in, in every context. And, and even if you've hired uh, some people of color along the way, um, you know, you, you probably um, in, in a lot of contexts failed to give the benefit of the doubt to uh, someone who was uh, tremendous at the craft or could have been and, uh, was just treated as like probably um, less capable because they, uh, you know, had a a vague um, or just you know they had a, a a way of speaking that was different from you, which you interpreted as as worse, mm -hmm, but it's just mm -hmm. kind of a different kind of of uh, of 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 language and, and things like that, and and it's just like it, it's prevalent everywhere and. Um, the lack of powerful folks wanting to even kind of acknowledge that is is, is really uh, is really absurd. Um, which is kind of where the notion of like democratizing and meritocracy and those things are like they're not just not a step forward. They're kind of um, they're they're the right idea in like the most ignorant way. Like they're they're coming from <laughs> they're coming from the perspective of trying to do right but like not applying any like um uh actual um complex thinking towards what doing right is i'm now ready to articulate and to publicly share my need to shift from causing the scene currently this work this push for equity for minimizing harm and for prioritizing the most vulnerable is collectively viewed 
by many as noise, bullying, troublemaking, as contrarian for controversy's sake, rather than what it is, a necessary evolution for the overall health and well-being of those who work for us, partner with us, buy from us, invest in us, and society as a whole. My focus from this day forward is to forge a path to welcoming and psychological safety in systems, institutions, and policies at scale because I will no longer put new wine into old wineskins. My team and I will be spending the next few months making the necessary changes to ensure that my new commitment to doing the proactive work of leading a movement framed by the guiding principles and seen through an anti-racist lens strategically happens with a relaunch on Juneteenth. To be kept informed of our progress, please follow me on Twitter at K-I-M-C-R-A-Y-T-O-N-1, Kim Creighton 1, and on our new Kim Creighton's Community Cafe Discord server. When I started Hashtag Cause a Scene in 2019, it was out of my frustration that no one was listening. Now that you're listening, it's time to get to work. Thank you for the years of support, and I'll meet you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Um, complex thinking towards what doing right is. It's like the simplest model for what fairness or, or you know, what um, it's, just, it's the it's 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 so radically oversimplified for folks who like claim to be able to like be visionaries or or. Um, Oh or, God! Oh yeah. God! Don't, don't talk to me about white geniuses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and and that's a, that's a talk about. It's like we're always trying to make provide simple solutions to complex problems. <laughs> um. Yeah. And, uh, it's like it, it, I mean, yes, in theory, meritocracy makes sense. It, it, it theory it makes sense, but in reality, and if you had some critical thinking about how that happens when you overlay that on the challenges or the part or the, or the uh, benefits or the privileges or the, or the exclusion, exclusion of different people, it's way more complex than that. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and like, there's, there's this like secret training that, uh, that everybody gets from wherever culture they're from um, that, that sets them up in the world. And, and it's like, it totally seems like a secret. Like I, I, I experienced that when I moved to um, New York, started a professional life, like just like little things you're told along the way that like set you up for success and other people aren't told that. And, um, and I mean, I think like, as I mentioned, I had like a fairly, I I learned, I did a bit of, uh, I took a few classes here and there, but like kind of taught myself to code, you know, throughout my life. But I'm pretty sure that like, I'm pretty sure because I, I looked like a plausible idea of a programmer that fewer people in my life discourage me from doing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And just like, not even people in tech, just like friends, family, yep. whatever. Like they're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, Ben, like Ben seems like he could be a computer programmer. Like, or they say, I don't know what the hell he's doing, but yeah, he's, he's doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that like that um there's a uh you know and and every culture has their secrets but the um the the one propped up by white supremacy forever um has these special secrets uh that mm-hmm. that get you in that 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 help you uh 
you know, skip the job interviews, like get into grad school, like all these little, all these little. And make, and, and make white guys think that they are special. And that is, I think, not I think, I know that's a, it, that's a paradigm shift. That is breaking a lot of people's, how they thought of it. They have to now, if I'm not special, if, if I have not gotten to this place because of all these special things that I can do, and it's just because I'm a white dude in tech, that has to fundamentally reshape how people see themselves. And I get it. What I won't accept, though, is while you're trying to figure that out, other people are being harmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's like it's not like this abstract problem we can work out over time. Like um, for any individual, if they're committed to it, they can take their time. I think like, you know, in the context, like I'm pretty proud that we that this personal project, like as you mentioned, when we crossed paths a while ago, it was just. Um, at that point I'd already been working on it for a few years, but I was barely getting started. Like I really took my time with how I wanted to approach this. And, and for me, the key was, um, was giving myself the like promise that I wasn't going to stop doing it. And, and, um, so I didn't have to, I wasn't, I didn't have to be in this big hurry because I actually, I said like, I'm going to give this 10 years as a project, um, to like have a positive impact. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's so different from VC funding, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that was like, it was, it was years before, uh, before the thing really took shape. Um, and, and yeah, and we've, we've evolved, like we sped up, we've tried to like make this thing bigger. We like, I mean, critically, we wanted to make it into our full-time business, um, you know, our full-time job. Um, so we, we, it's a business, it earns revenue, um, We've since, you know, taken funding, like uh, we announced uh, a fundraise last year um, from like all sorts of people. We also, uh, we got funding from from people who really cared about some of these same things. And then when we were approached by other VCs, uh, we had we had the right uh, pseudo insiders um, yes. to ask, mm-hmm. are, are, they, um, mm-hmm. are, they, are they the people we want? Uh, That's that to- private language again. That's that private... Yeah, 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 but we, yeah, but we also brought in folks who, um, who weren't gonna let us do the, like, <laughs> who were gonna like who would think badly of us if we like they, they agreed with us enough on the um, principle of things that they would, there were there were more people involved in the in the mission that um, that would uh, both allow us to see it through how we want to see it through. And then also um, who would, yeah, like make us feel bad if we lost our character or sense of sense of mission. Um, And that was pretty critical. I think from here on out, like it's going to keep evolving and, you know, if we're as big as Stack Overflow someday, um, we'll be a different company with our own challenges and be bigger. But I think we will have come from um, uh, a really explicit origin. Um, Our, code is all open source which we which encourages us to get collaboration from all over the world which 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 is can be very helpful in terms of um recognizing uh your bias and and getting perspective from all over the place um i say can be because i think that that only goes so far if you're not really trying to recognize your bias or trying to (laughs) trying to improve but you know it gives us it gives us that that many more tools to go forward and do this and um 
it also gives us a um our global perspective is just shocking and amazing mm, and surprising and stuff <laughs> yeah so there was this um one analogy that encouraged so one of our like um claim to fames is that we're just a performance site all over the world like the site loads fast no matter where you are and and that might seem like a technical issue but it's really i think an issue of inclusion because um you'd be amazed or like people seem to be amazed at how <laughs> much faster the internet is in america for these tech com companies because the servers are based in utah or, or wherever or virginia and um and the speed of light is like not insignificant. Uh, like the time it takes for like a program on the internet to travel to your phone um, seems kind of instant, but it's not. And uh, the, you know, obviously like there's also the, the, the power of the devices all over the world is, is dramatically uneven and only becoming more uneven because, you know, as, as, the, as the privileged Western world gets better and better smartphones and better and better laptops and MacBooks and, and, and Windows surfaces and stuff, um, the long tail of total devices becomes wider and wider and wider and wider. So, so things are actually getting worse. At, they're getting better in terms of like overall access to computers, but worse in terms of, um, of like, uh, you know, inequality in that sense. Yeah, like similar the, to, so the, the infrastructure in other places to support these, these things. Yeah, and so like it's getting better in terms of access, but worse in terms of inequality. And yeah. so that's a long way to think that basically early on, um, I had the the thought that um, if we could architect as inclusive in terms of um, the global distribution of our content so that it can be fast and performant no matter where you are, um, that was just one way of being inclusive, um, but not only inclusive in terms of like uh, our... Uh, values but also inclusive in terms of our bottom line because you know the faster our website is everywhere the mm -hmm. more the faster we can reach these up-and-coming markets we have like we have a solid uh community on the site from from you know major hubs uh like nigeria which are like there's a lot of programmers in nigeria but yes, there's legos <laughs> yeah and, and and other places yeah. um mm -hmm. all all over all over uh asia and and africa and uh and and you know australia and and, and places America. which yeah um yeah we like it's so early on we architected to be inclusive in the sense um and it was kind of a reaction to one article i'd read a, f a few years before that about how um when youtube was youtube was working to make their service like faster so like more people could download it on better on lower broadband speeds and stuff like that and they, they had this realization, they had this confusing bug or something, they couldn't figure it out that when the faster they made their service, the slower it actually ended up being for their average end user, um, which they couldn't quite figure out <laughs> for a while. Um, but they eventually figured out that um, the, the faster they made their service, the more people could even access it from Africa, like just in terms of latency. Mm -hmm. um, and because they didn't have any, they didn't have any like, any CDNs or services like located anywhere near some of these places. So in order to improve, so by just improving performance, um, they were finally reaching like a completely neglected part of the world mm -hmm. for them. Um, and they just like, didn't even think about 
entire continent. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say continents. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and they were they were shocked that these people like wanted to use YouTube or like, you know, it's just like <laughs> this this level of uh and this is like well they were already owned by Google at this point. This was like well into their their history um as a company that sold for over a billion dollars. Uh, so this before. is not this is not the infancy. This they were in yeah. adolescence at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean and Snapchat's sort of felt the same like Snapchat explicitly was like, you know, we're building our service for people with high-end phones um, and that's just the way it is. So they just forever like had no presence in, in anywhere with like that didn't have all where it didn't have entire saturation of like top, top Apple and Samsung phones and stuff. And, um, and, you know, one of their competitors, uh, Facebook, Instagram, like, you know, not that they're like, they they they'd already long ago come to the realization that they need to build inclusive technology if they're going to reach the the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, part of Instagram's um, success in terms of overcoming Snapchat was was that they were willing to offer like differing services for people with different uh, data needs and really build with uh, with more people in mind. And um, you know, I wouldn't like credit Facebook for a lot of things, but that's just, you know, one well, area you, where, where they made what, some good choices. What you're, what you're talking about, though, is what I'm always talking about is inclusion is good for the bottom line. And this is what I don't, I, 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 people like, well, I don't, it's an, it, you know, we shouldn't be talking about, you know, ROI, it should be the, the right thing to do. Screw that. This is about people build businesses to make money. And let's just, a non- I mean, you know, people build for-profit businesses for profit. And if you are talking about global, then you need to think about a global customer that has varying needs from what you might be used to. And how do you find out about that? You Now, one of the things I don't like is the exploitation of those uh, markets and none of that giving back. But that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother podcast because um, we're really good at that. Um, but it's about, as we said here already, it's about how you hire who you hire, how you retain people. What do you think about in your products? Um, and like you, you were saying, we thought about, you know, um, speed very early on because of this book, you, you know, this, this, this article you wrote. Those things, what are you thinking about? Inclusion and diversity is not a department that sits over in the corner. It is how you build your products and services. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I can, let me bring this up right now, but like our, uh, percentage of our traffic from like the Silicon Valley area um, on our site is like, um, like we have a solid presence in every, every area these days, but uh, we just by nature of, of Silicon Valley, not actually being as important as people realize um, our traffic from that area is like a minute percentage of our overall traffic. Like the, the, I, I saw so many um, companies trying to do similar um, similar things, you know, a few years ago when I was getting into this as like an idea. And everyone, there was a a lot of a lot of interesting things popping up in the Silicon Valley area um, that were just giving themselves so much more credit for like having like some popularity right within mm-hmm. it, in San Francisco. Um, without realizing how just like in the grand scheme of things, that's like not that big a deal. And there's, you know, there's services and, um, you know, there's a lot of companies based in like India, which just 
you know, India has has been great at, at software for for decades. It, yeah. It's a it's a real hub in in of itself, um, and it's not getting the same investment because uh, it's just um, you know like it's not the U.S. Yeah, it's not the U.S. <laughs> it's it's not like pattern matching. It's mm-hmm. not familiar. It's mm-hmm. not people investing in. It's not people like investing in people that they can see as their proteges. Yes. You know, and it's not somebody building. So um, building five to uh, ten, 10 scooter companies, it's, it's like solving other problems. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and that's like a it's just remarkable um, how easy it is for insiders in a group to become pretty close minded without like um, realizing it or thinking of themselves as specifically not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh you know, I don't like think that we, um, my company or, or, or our organization or anything like have special powers to um, be different, like have to totally shed biases or anything like that. Um, but we, uh, oh, we, we just like came together, wanted to do um, these things for the right reason while kind of like, like I'd been mapping out this plan early on to like to make the bottom line and the right thing to do map up. Like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. um if stack if if I if I don't like going on Stack Overflow um and I can project you know and and talk to 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 folks um to the majority of the world, which does not look like me. Like it's like in my circles, I might be the majority, but I'm not on a global scale. And, um, you know, and then, and then also talking to folks like, like Jess, one of my co-founders and she, uh, I just asked for her help early on because I met her and she was looking for something to help out with. Like, it was just a funny little, like she was looking for some mentorship. Um, but she represented, uh, uh, someone from a very different context for me in terms of her, um, getting how she got into tech, um, how she, how she independently felt about all the existing services, um, how, um, yeah, like, you know, you, you, you just, you pay attention and you meet people and you just learn a lot about, uh, you know, you, you, you continue to navigate your, um, your situation and you learn so much more. And, um, I, I meet people in tech who like, seem to like go years without learning anything because they just haven't met anybody new. No, that's <laughs> like, not true. Yeah. I, I, I don't believe they haven't met anybody new. I was just about to say, they're not open to the fact that other yeah. people are having different experiences. And so it takes that, that curiosity to learn about different experiences um, and see value in learning about different experiences. So in our last moments, what would you like to, what would you like to close with? Um, yeah, well, let's see. Um, when is this going to go live? Um, uh, let me, now you got me on the spot. Let me look at my, um, I have it. Um, it will, um, Mark, take this part out. (laughs) Um, it's going to be, um, the 18th of September. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So uh, if you're listening to this on the 18th, it's my birthday. That's one factoid. So you can <laughs> wish me a happy birthday on Twitter or something. Um, and But otherwise, uh, um, we're uh, we're involved in Hacktoberfest, which is a, an open source kind of thing with, with DigitalOcean this year. And um, I feel like uh, it, it's an opportunity 
opportunity to, if anybody wants to poke around our code base and learn some stuff about what we do, and, and we're always willing to try and um, and help out and give people um, some open source experience or, or things like that. Or if you're just curious, um, you know, uh, I, I just, you know, want to say like, reach out to me um, on my direct messages on, on Twitter or on Dev2 itself. Like we have, we have our, our own direct messages and um, I'd just love to be helpful to anybody. I, I've, I've offered this sort of thing on previous podcasts, just like, you know, what can I be helpful with? Um, and it's been cool how like, uh, you know, I get a lot of messages for years, you know, based on this, <laughs> the podcast, like if people are looking back on old episodes. Um, so um, I know uh, I'll occasionally, you know, let something slide and never get back to you. But um, I try to be pretty good about that. So if I can be helpful to anybody um, dealing with any uh, issues or just curious about anything we talked about or anything like that, um, you know, I, I'd love to be helpful. So you can email me too, Bennett Dev too. All right. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Hashtag Cause the Scene podcast. And I'd like to thank all our current sponsors of the podcast and the Hashtag Cause the Scene movement. Of course, we strongly encourage everyone to become an individual sponsor of the Hashtag Cause the Scene community. Just visit the website at hashtagcallthescene.com to sign up today. On behalf of everyone here at Hashtag Call the Scene, we'd like to thank you again for listening to today's show and have a wonderful day.